0: a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Hey everyone, I am sharing something that I just recorded about travel, some things, some basic reflections on travel what I learned About myself, some astrological placements, some general philosophical and mystical musings um, on travel. And part of this has also been an exercise and even just catching up because travel, the ones that I've had this year, have changed me so deeply. And it's like a third house, ninth house experience where direct experience, ninth house expansive experiences it's like how do you translate that into words and language and communication and media third house and if I don't balance those things sometimes I feel really out of sorts and I was noticing that there's so many new things that I have like brewing inside of me and that I needed to take the leap and just put them into language um even if I don't feel like the language will fully suffice, it doesn't matter. It's a practice. It's something that, um, something that one maintains. This is like a Pisces thing, also that I think I have, I think about, of like, the chasm between inner life and fantasy and vision of what's possible and what is, and that thinning that chasm bridging the gap between the invisible and the visible the dream and the reality is really what it's about and i feel that too when thinking about like if you travel and people are like how how was your trip it's like where do i even start <laughs> there's so much to say or i don't even know you know and so even just attempting um is enough so i'm going to leave it here the intro that is and um Share the announcement that Dragon of the Moon and Evolutionary Astrology Initiation is coming up in February. And this is an opportunity to study evolutionary astrology with me in an intimate group container. We form communities and we're all gathering to talk about astrology from a soul perspective and really through our conversations and through our studies become more like literate in not just astrology and like psychological depth soul-oriented astrology but also understanding the nature of the soul reincarnation how this kind of storyline from the past or this trajectory that we're on like how this weaves into our embodiment our karma drama trauma right and then our dharma ultimately i've found that studying evolutionary astrology has helped me know myself so deeply and also um get to such a place of perspective that I'm able to break through my own limiting stories um, and also intimately engage the material of my life with far more excitement, enthusiasm, willingness, reverence, honesty, courage. Um, because of this language, it's um it's a map of the soul, and I feel like it's a doorway to what's beyond the imagination and that's why I call it an initiation um it's was previously known as the evolutionary astrology intensive but because it's been such a journey and such a um such an initiation for students who have been in it in the past I figured it needed a more mythic name um because we are working with the lunar nodes which are which you know it's a dragon <laughs> and it's something that um I just love to share and I'm gonna leave the link to the class, um, the course page where you can learn more about it and apply. I'll leave that in the notes. Um, The class contains pre-recorded content that you can return to forever and then live calls weekly where we discuss as a group the material, put it into practice, get to know each other and weave um, this literacy together. So i'll leave that in the notes and i will get into this share about life and spiritual and personal lessons from travel this last year 2022 has been touched by a lot of travel And it's something that really came up and emerged pretty spontaneously. And I've learned so incredibly much from these experiences about myself, about astrology, about life. Um, I've had some really deep transformations. And these are things that I'm surprised I didn't just understand more literally, right? Like I have a ninth house, Pluto. I'm an evolutionary astrologer. And the way that I've related to ninth house, Pluto, I've thought a lot about it in terms of philosophy and cosmology and reflecting on the nature of reality. Um, You know, working through psychological complexes about wanting to be believed and believing myself and trusting my own intuition Like, I've really worked with Pluto and the ninth house in those ways. But the very literal topic of the ninth house around foreign travel was outside of even what I was imagining. I, it's not that I didn't imagine that I would travel more someday in the future, but I didn't realize how profound of a soul retrieval and soul expansion experience it was going to be. And it's been like a, And unfolding. So, as I'm sharing with you what I've learned from travel, I'm going to be weaving in personal things, you know, my own experience, my own natal chart, and then I'll also extrapolate it to some more universal um, reflections so that we can be on this journey together. Um, But I'll just explain that from my early life, I lived in a suburb in California from 0 to 18, and I remember that the prospect of leaving that town became so exciting to me toward the end. Like It was actually really given to me in a cultural, familial way of like, everyone at this high school, for the most part, goes to college. You can go anywhere. Um I felt a lot of encouragement from my environment to go explore the world. And it was this contrast of like growing up in the same place from zero to 18. And I remember the summer in between my senior year of um, high school, like I'd already graduated and I was waiting to go to Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington. um, I felt the most numinous longing. Like, I was just kind of, like, hanging out with my high school friends, some of them who were a year younger than me, too, and weren't going to be leaving yet, some that were going to be leaving or staying for community college. But I remember feeling this, like, my soul was bursting, like I was just ready to leave, right? And even when I did um, move away... I had this interesting psychedelic experience where I kept seeing faces, like my brain was seeing the faces of people I'd known, even though they weren't there anymore. And I started to get all these different perspectives. I was having a different cultural experience, even just from California to Washington. Like I got pulled out into the forest by all these new friends. And I saw this girl um, gently remove a spider from her body by like, pulling at the spider's string and just gently putting the spider to another leaf. And that same image, had it happened in Southern California, someone would have screamed and just killed a spider. Um, And so I was like in awe of like, who are these like nature loving, like forest dwelling people that I never grew up with. Um, And I was exhilarated. And I also had this process of shedding very basic fear Um, there was some conditioning that I'd picked up from media, television um, that I had in my family home growing up that had me really scared. Um, Like I thought, you know, I'd done what I could to like separate from it, but it was like this mild form of PTSD, um, crime shows, essentially like a lot of violence on television. And so when I would walk alone at night, you know there's reasonable fear there's like reasonable ways to be safe out in the world at night as a woman um but then there was also like just all of the conditioning and basic fear that i had picked up and i remember shedding that also and when i traveled a lot this year i had different types of fears that also came up to be shed um so When I was younger, some of you know this about me, but I was um, in middle school, I had more friends on the internet than I had in person. In school, I was um, pretty like nerdy and uncool. Um, I really wanted to be like beautiful and like amazing and interesting, um, but I couldn't figure out how to get there (laughs) at a physical level. Um, My embodiment was just like really awkward and I really struggled. And I was also just very um, like niche and weird. Like I was into animal rights and that became something that people like would make fun of me for. Um, and I totally didn't realize, like I had no idea that talking passionately about animals was going to make me a target for that. Um, and then I learned, you know, just like basic middle school American experience. But I had friends all over the world on this writing website and a lot of adult friends. And I had this contrast of being like really not appreciated, not seen, or like not really developed in a way where I felt integrated in my social environment in person, in my local area. And I felt profoundly celebrated and seen and recognized from people far away. Like people were really encouraging of my writing people could see my heart, people thought I was brilliant. And it was just this epic contrast. And at the time, I thought that maybe there was something like wrong with me. Like, you know, if you had like a little fight with people at school, and you had to say things to people's faces, you know, you can't send it over text. That's cowardly. But for me, I had to like really... You know, I have Mercury retrograde natally. I had to sit down and write to be able to even know what I wanted to say. Um, So my embodiment as a writer and as a person were were drastically different for part of my life. Um, But I relate this. I am Pisces rising. So in Hellenistic astrology or traditional astrology, that makes Jupiter my chart ruler. I relate far more to that than having Neptune as a chart ruler. Though I practice evolutionary astrology, I now really blend um, Hellenistic and evolutionary, um, especially in my own natal chart. Whereas when I read charts for others, I still draw way more on evolutionary and am beginning to integrate Hellenistic. But my chart ruler being Jupiter, it's Jupiter in Virgo in the seventh house, and so Jupiter in Virgo is far away from home. The domicile of Jupiter is. Sagittarius and Pisces and Virgo is the opposite of Pisces so we have Jupiter in a sign where it's like as far away from home as it can be and I think that my experience of having you know it's in the seventh house so it's in relationship it's like growing up one of my best friends she was from Sri Lanka and she moved here and lived with her aunt and uncle Um, she was extremely far away from home. She was my best friend, um, until she moved back. I met her in third grade and she left when I was like 15. Um, and then there I was like having all these friends on the internet, you know, friends from far away. And as life went on, this pattern, you know, I had this idea that, it would equalize that someday I was just going to have like a local crew of friends and that that was like the normal acceptable way. That was the right way to be. And it kept happening that um, I did learn how to connect or have a ripening of connection with my in-person life, especially when I moved away and then I was in Olympia and I really integrated with like the local culture there for a period of time. But I continued to have this like vast internet life and to connect with people from all over. And there were certain times where I would have this mental judgment or this mental idea that I should value my in-person connections more than the ones far away, like value who's here. And over and over again, I would have to let that go and actually remember that my long distance connections are so important to me. That sometimes people that I can only, you know, talk to through the phone, I can't go to their house, you know, without getting on a plane and having a super long trip. Um, These phone conversations are life changing, right? Like sometimes there are people that I go to for advice or go to to process something and they are integral in my development, just like these friends I had on the Internet as a child, were integral to my development. These conversations I have from afar fertilize my life, just as I hope that, you know, when you listen to this podcast, that it enhances your life, even though we're not in the same room. Like that's very spiritual to me. That's That's mystical, right? And so over and over again, when I have these very positive experiences with people who are long distance, far away, Jupiter in my seventh house, far away from home, um, it's important. And something that really came through this year, um, starting in February, there was this one time where the moon was in Leo, where I was just weirdly depressed. Like I went deep into this funk and I really let myself have it. And then I just got to this place, as you might expect, during a moon in Leo aspecting Saturn and Aquarius of like, I just need to have fun. I want to have more fun, you know? So I called up two of my friends and I was like, let's go to Miami. And they both, bless their hearts, said yes. And we had this amazingly fun time in Miami. Um, Then on my birthday, it was my 30th birthday in April, and I had um, some friends come out to Mexico And it was also like electric, you know, just like the astrology conferences, when we see each other, it's fucking electric. And we're just like, our lives change because of coming together in the physical form. And I just kept feeling like, you know, this is valuable. Like I'm going to organize my life for these connections. I will go the distance. You know, my Piscean, Jupiterian, romantic heart, geography is no issue, like if we have a connection, I will get on a plane for you. Like, that's just kind of this like romantic ardor that kind of was birthed in me this year. And then I, you know, I've been working, I've been working pretty diligently for seven-ish years, a good like Saturn time period in terms of developing consistent content, writing the weekly forecasts, and um, being a hermit sometimes in the process of doing that and just Um, sometimes my work life balance was really distorted, but I just trusted, I was like, you know, I'm investing in my future. And this year, you know, 30 years old and like having, um, having had some good years business wise, studying, studying business, putting things into practice, like really developing my offerings. I had the opportunity of like, well, I can travel now. And it wasn't first travel that was the inspiration it was the sense of I want a bigger life like that was all the phrase really was like a bigger life even though I didn't really fully know what that meant I think I knew that even though I really valued the work that I was creating and the person I was online I knew that I had some patterns of rigidity and fear inside of me that I wanted to grow beyond And that I wanted to experience more joy and play and fun in my life. And I also felt like something was really profoundly missing at a heart level. And this was something, you know, part of writing Hungry Ghosts of Paradise, the novel I shared here, was to open and heal my heart um, and to share, like, to really put something out there to heal. And I felt that I had spent a lot of time investing in my, um, my work investing in my skill sets that I needed for this work and I just wanted a shift of like I want to do something for for the romance um, of life for the romantic in me and so I started to get this vision of going to Europe to see you know first I wanted to see Rudy my friend who lives in England and um, I started to developed this whole, this whole trip, one thing led to the next. And now I was going to do, you know, Wachuma in Greece, um, and join like an Akashic records and Wachuma retreat. So plant medicine, the cactus and Pedro, um, and I was going to go to Germany. And, you know, so I had this really big summer trip that came up and it delivered in terms of having a bigger life or like really transforming. There's so much that happened that I even became overwhelmed as a writer, as a documenter of my own life of like, I can't even keep up. And that was what I wanted. You know, this is an experience I've always had as a writer is that sometimes when my life has felt dry, I've written to make it wetter, you know, like, um, in high school, I had certain times where I felt so existentially discontent and bored. I read, I read classic literature. I read Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky three times. I read um, Anne Rand. One day, maybe I'll give you my take on Anne Rand because I really appreciate her prose. I don't, you know, agree with her philosophies, but as a, simply as an artist, I appreciate her. And I also respect that she came from the Soviet Union and came to America and like had this whole other vision of capitalism because of her experience with communism. And I feel like people don't actually like fully have a sensitivity toward that. But I read Atlas Shrugged. Um, You know, I would read these dense tomes and I would write and I just had this whole like literary life in replacement of what I felt would be exciting. You know, I felt like my life itself was kind of boring, but my literary life was fantastic. And I've often noticed this mystical connection that, you know, to write expands my life. And then sometimes my life happens so fast or there's so much happening that I don't have time to write. And this happened while traveling. It's like things happened this summer that I I'm like at a loss for like, how can I even, you know, it's like I just wrote this novel about things that happened like in 2016. And how many years is it going to take for me to come back to the epic events of this summer? But what I think is important about that is that it's like, it's almost like there was a bow. If we think about like the ninth house connected to Sagittarius and an evolutionary astrology, the houses and signs do share um a correlation, and that's less that's kind of frowned upon in Hellenistic, but You know, you think of like the arrow pulled back and like the tension of that and then it releasing and just kind of like launching and then it's like, you know, everything is just going and that's kind of like what it was, it has been like for months and in a ninth house Pluto kind of way, it's actually created some insecurity within me of like feeling shy again, feeling shy to share my voice or shy to share my stories because I feel this deeper distance between what I've now just experienced and like what I'm able to put into words or what I'm ready to put into words. Um, and if I think about the ninth house, Pluto related to traveling, it's like I had some profound soul retrieval experiences and soul deepening experiences. And Pluto also relates to where we get, um, where we have resistance to transformation And so having all these new experiences has necessarily changed my vision of astrology and my vision of the archetypes, not in a way where I'm like, okay, time to close up shop. Like not like that at all, but more just like, Oh wow. Like I was like on top of my game. I felt like really eloquent talking about everything. And now I'm like a baby again because I had all these new experiences and I have to catch up to it. And so sometimes we avoid transformation because We just like where we're at you know we're doing good we're at like a kind of plateau and we don't want to get insecure and like get in the arena again and so i feel like travel's done that for me in some sense too there's something i want to read um i reached out to twitter to get help with this quote because i wanted to share something about the cadent houses which are the third sixth ninth and twelfth houses um from Demetra George's book, but in a cadent-like way, I'm far away from home, now in New York, not as far as Peru, um, and I don't have the book with me. So Dolores on Twitter helped me grab this quote, and this is from Demetra George's Hellenistic Astrology Volume 2. I just want to read you some things about the cadent houses. The Hellenistic astrologer, so this is quote, the Hellenistic astrologer Vitorius described each of the cadent houses as Metacosmios. This is a philosophical term that means the state between worlds, or in other words, alternate states of consciousness experienced in the liminal realms. The topics of the cadent houses all refer to behaviors and states of mind that are not conductive to business in the outer world, or which do not engage in business that produces profitable results. Whenever someone is ill or injured in the sixth house— or suffers and is confined in the twelfth, they cannot readily take care of their business. The third and ninth houses are connected to topics of religious activities, scholarly pursuits, or travel. Once again, these activities generally don't promote the making of money. It is not so much that the cadent houses are weak in and of themselves, but rather that they are not optimal locations for worldly business. Instead, planets and cadent houses encourage the cultivation of the inner life, which can be fortunate in a non-material sense, end quote. So something that I experienced with all this travel is that um, it was good for my inner life. It wasn't necessarily um, good for business. If I like n- use metrics compared to how it was when I was like, you know, think about like the pandemic and 2020. Like I had a boom in my business during that time because I was already working online and people were flocking to the internet, and I already had like my discipline and my structure and everything set up, and I just you know went for it. And traveling was kind of making a decision to spend savings and still work. Like I've still been teaching my courses um, and giving readings, but. I've been doing less hours in terms of client work um, and even stepped away from content creation this summer for a little bit. And I noticed that I had less energy to be productive in the ways that I was able to be productive at home in my own space because every day I had to figure out little details in foreign places, like how... How a door works or how this appliance works or where am I going to get food or like, oh, well, I'm meeting new people and we're going to go for a walk or, you know, things would just come up that would carry me away from being productive in a normal sense. But it was good for my inner life. Um And similarly, I thought writing a novel like a autobiographical <laughs> erotic novel, that was something that I was able to get done while traveling Because it was romantic. Like, I loved writing in hotel rooms or writing in bars and writing in different restaurants in the world. Like, that just made me feel like I was living my best life. So, I was able to get a lot of writing done. And I was like, you know, I'm using a lot of creative energy to do something that's not um, something I'm selling. And that was a decision I made where it's like, I need to do this for my soul. I'm not going to my grave without writing this book. So I'm just going to fucking do it. And it was actually amazing to see people connect with it and want to come study astrology with me because of the book or like that be something that kind of tipped them toward like, okay, like let's study astrology. Um, And that, you know, I wasn't even anticipating that. Um, And so similarly, like with travel, I think I'm still going to be figuring out how it's integrating into my more like worldly or outer pursuits and whatnot. Um, but a lot of it has just been like having a different experience of my own personhood and humanity, um, and growing in that way. So what else do I want to share with you about travel? Okay. So I want to speak about some of the ways that it was like my friend, Chris, Christopher Marmolejo we were talking about traveling, and they mentioned this quality of like it like exfoliates the soul. And I felt that because before going on this longer trip to Europe um, in the summertime, I had these kind of chronic injuries or chronic pains, and they really flared up incredibly intensely right before the trip to the point where. Um, I don't know if I even shared this but like I I needed a wheelchair for the um, like my first flight out to New York because I had like a sprained ankle and couldn't really walk Um, and that was just incredibly like at a soul level I was I was taking it as some kind of shamanic initiation because I had signed up myself you know to do this like 50-day adventure and I'm starting not able to walk. So why is my body protesting? That was the way that I chose to look at it because at first I just tried to deal with it at a physical level and it wasn't getting better. So I was like, okay, I'm going to journey with my ankle. And it showed me um, this part of me like that was in complete resistance to transforming through this trip and why it was stored in my ankle. So I did this whole like EFT tapping, embodiment, uh, drama acting. I felt like a skeleton who was incinerating into ashes every time I took a step. Like I was having this whole like thing, like I was like on fire and it, it moved. And then there was a time, um, there was someone I met through a friend while traveling. Her embodiment was so like, her body was like, um, like that character Gumby or something. I'm like, I don't know how to even like, there was something so loose about her limbs and like the way that she just uh, moved through space. It felt like she was like, um, she was just like slaying out and I was feeling so rigid and having like these body pains. And I saw her and I was like, I want that. Like whatever, however, she's just like you know, she looks like she just got like out of some kind of spa massage, like at a soul level from the depths of her body. I want to be like that. And eventually through the confrontation with the rigidity and kind of that, um, it moved. And I had these moments of like feeling like I was making love to the earth and the earth was making love to me. And I was just like rolling in ecstasy. And somehow I got there. Um, but there were layers that sloughed off. And so to come back to the process of like soul exfoliation um, that Christopher was talking about with traveling, there were a lot of things around preferences and entitlement that had to go. And so preferences is like having my own bed, having my habits, like these little comforts that um, you know, I have a moon Pluto opposition, <laughs> it's Moon and Taurus in the third house, and Pluto and Scorpio in the ninth. So if you understand those um symbols, it might make sense that traveling brings up some kind of shamanic like body injury thing or you know, not to claim that that's always going to be my experience i'm I'm willing to have a different story, but um I was attached, you know, to my little habits and my my familiarities, part of what I didn't, part of the resistance I had to traveling earlier in life was all the little things I need to pack for my skincare routine. And like, ah, I don't know how to pack. And I don't know what things to bring. I don't know how to do it right. You know, and just kind of like having to go out and just do it and learn through trial and error. Um, And then find myself sleeping at night in different beds and uncomfortable beds and just navigating different situations and realizing that I don't need all these little comforts and things to be the same and Taurus and cozy and plush all the time to be okay. And the liberation of letting go of some form of security that I was attached to. And then in terms of entitlement, um, also exalted moon. Sometimes people talk about exaltations um, as entitlement issues. Not to rag on myself or whatever, but like um by entitlement I mean that I found that whenever I was a guest, like whenever someone was extending hospitality toward me, um it didn't make sense to have demands like if something didn't feel comfortable or wasn't totally my preference, my actual like gratitude that I was being supported and taken care of and like shown around and whatnot really eclipsed the tendency to be like, well, I need it to be this way or these are my, you know, and like that just kind of shifted. Um, And entitlement is a pattern that... um, is really interesting to dismantle. I've learned a lot about it from one of my teachers, Perry Chase. And I think of entitlement as it's like, almost designed, like it's about getting what you want and feeling like you deserve. Um, But there's a closed offness to the posture that makes it less even rewarding or like you're less receptive to actually receiving like there's this kind of like it's mine and like this hard energy toward it and so this would also happen when I was in countries you know I have had my early life conditioning and grown up in a first world country and so anytime I've been in a space over the last year, where I didn't have those first world resources, it was just kind of like shedding some of that attachment of like that's how it should be and and all of that. And I found that as some of those patterns of entitlement or my comforts or my preferences, um, letting that kind of molt off of me, I felt like there was this other richness that I got to see. Another thing that came through. And so this is something, um, I've been looking for the words to distill this for some time, or maybe I haven't been looking for it. I've just been aspiring to actually distill them and put them into words, but there's something romantic and very celebratory about the traveler figure. Um, I've had profound experiences receiving travelers, like in college, um, in like group houses, you know. Sometimes people would be traveling through and stay with us for a couple of days and they were so full of life. Like they had these, these codes or these interesting stories or songs to share. Like travelers really bring a lot of gifts. Oftentimes, um, I've had multiple times in my life of being absolutely electrified and shifted, transformed forever by travelers. Even before I started traveling traveling. And then when I was in that position of being the traveler and specifically seeking out friends that I don't normally get to spend time with, or perhaps I haven't even met in person yet, the social structure when you're traveling can involve spending way more time, way more condensed, intensified time with people. You go places together, you make meals together, you go out together, you're shown around the city or the town Like you're really taken in um, as a family member, as a collaborator, like as a, like it's like a communion kind of thing when you're traveling. And the locals, the people who are receiving the travelers, I notice are often, you know, they may have their own boundaries or things that they're doing or their unavailability, but oftentimes they rally. They're like, oh, this person's in town for a limited amount of time. So instead of being like, "Mm, I feel like staying in tonight, I'm just going to do my own thing. This like other kind of like opportunistic energy comes up of like, oh, they're in town, like let's go do this thing. And so people get more fired up and more enthusiastic and the party appears. And so I think this is interesting with Jupiter, you know, related to travel and also banquet and celebration and expansion and excesses that travel actually invokes jupiter in the individual and in the people around them and i started to experience um one of my prayers in life has been partnership right and i've been single a lot of the time and i can be a hermit and i love my alone time and i'm a good self-regulator and I am independent and all these things, right? And so sometimes I would sit with this apparent strangeness of I'm seeking or desiring a life where I'm co navigating life with one other person, but I'm used to being alone. And when I would date, have like, or these romances would appear, sometimes it was like a very intense adjustment and almost like a kind of death to give up my independence and then collaborate. And I had this kind of change of heart this year. You know, it's a 7th house year, come on, 30 in um perfection years. But I felt like I just wanted to be around people all the time, which is unusual for me, um characteristically. And with travel, with this kind of enhanced field of like you're only here for a certain amount of time and I'm going to show you the best of what I have to offer you. Um what a romance. Like, what a real romance. Um, And as I was spending time with people, I would notice that my normal habitual tendencies to kind of collapse a little bit of like, oh, I've had enough social time. I'm going to go do my own thing. I started to override it. And not in a way that wasn't true. It was true. It was like, am I just going to go back to my room, my hotel, Like I'm here, like, let me experience, let me experience this other person. Let me experience life. And I noticed that sometimes in group dynamics outside of travel, like just in normal everyday life, I can disassociate. Like I can just kind of tune out and go into my own like little side channel by myself and other people can keep up the conversation. But when you're Having new experiences or you're one-on-one, you can't just check out because then you're like, you know, tossing a ball back and forth with another person and just stop catching or throwing the ball. Like you just, you can't really do that unless you're like, okay, I'm done, or I'm tired, or, you know, it's okay to be embodied in in all of those states with other people. I'm not saying to like force being on. But I noticed that it activated me to become more present and more participatory. And then I noticed that I was really enjoying life a lot more. Like I felt more, um, you know, the promise of the 30s. The 20s are such a fucking struggle. Everyone knows it. Everyone says it. And I remember talking to 30 year olds or people in their 30s when I was in my 20s. And I was like, does it get better? And they're like, yeah, you feel so comfortable in yourself. And I really felt the fruitfulness of that, of feeling like good in my own energy and just enjoying being around people. Um, But through traveling, it's just I ended up kind of having these um, these romantic adventures. And by I mean romantic in every sense, like whether literally in the way that we think of romantic or friend romances, where it's like you're just like having this ecstatic experience with your friends. And so I became a lot more easygoing. Um, I'd never experienced myself as an easygoing person, but I just felt more, um, more other-oriented and more collaborative. And that really came out of travel. But I noticed that there was a way that that could be applied back to everyday life because the um, the reason that we don't bring the party in everyday life is because we're just, you know, we have our and go back to normal life or whatever that is and um there feels like there's more time you know to just kind of have an off day or a rest day if that's what you need and i found that there were these moments where if people were traveling i was inspired to pr- provide greater hospitality like to really take it upon myself to like care for travelers even more than i had before um because i I knew what it felt like from the other side. But I also felt more open to this kind of spirit of being present with whatever was happening that I kind of, you know, got from from traveling. Another thing that came through was getting to meet people from other countries and meeting them outside of the U.S., right? Like, it's not like I hadn't met people from other countries, but I met them here in the U.S. And it's different to interact with foreigners in their own country that they grew up in or one that they've spent time in or one that they've also traveled to, like some of these more international places where a lot of travelers gather. And I became so deeply curious and excited about other cultures, other cultural perspectives. And it really enhanced my love of everything. Like, I I love living in the United States. Um I enjoy how there's so many different cultures between different states, like California, New York, Austin, Texas. Um you know, all these different cities and all these different vibes here. And there's a a theme of opportunity in the United States that um there's definitely so much space and so much encouragement to be very jaded, um, or critical. Um, and then there's also kind of, I think the innocence or the, um, spirit of these dreams or the, the American dream. And when I've interacted with people from other countries who are attracted to the American dream or art, like I've learned so much in both scenarios, you know, in one sense, there's been an inspired appreciation of the country that I'm from, and then there's also been a deconditioning or just a softening of like my own attachments to say how much I identify with my work, and I love my work and i I really um, have gotten to cultivate a career that I love, and that's really special um and so it's easy for me to identify with my work, but when I was traveling. I experienced, say like in Greece, um, this like relaxed energy where life and identity wasn't about what you do. And I didn't think I was even that kind of like, oh, I'm on Wall Street and I identify with what I do kind of, you know, like I didn't even think of myself that way, but still I had that conditioning and it softened um, where... You know, one example, like when I got back from a really long travel, I was really, you know, I felt like my soul had been exfoliated. I was like, had such an ecstatic experience, but travel is tiring. And I think I was getting off of a long flight and I um, had an Uber driver who picked me up and he was just such a vibe. He was like playing like reggae um, and I went to kind of like help. Moved my suitcase and he was like no no I'll take it and just like was playing this music and he just seemed so like happy and like positive and I was talking to him and I learned that he like spends a couple months of the year like just going to Morocco where he's from to surf um and I was like really realizing that I had this judgment before then of like People that do like delivery driving or um, rideshare driving of like, why aren't they doing something more? Like that's got to be some gig that's like getting them somewhere or something. Um, and it was that encounter that kind of had me like realize that and see like. Life isn't just about your career, like what you do, um, and it's not even an indicator of someone's um dharma or life path or talent um it's simply a thing that people might be doing for money um but I just felt this sense of like oh this isn't like a filter or a lens that I need to like judge people through like I had this kind of idea too of like with partnership you know I want a man who has this particular kind of career and it's like I don't know like I know like there's certain qualities and energetics that I'm looking for, but there was just this softening of the lens of like, life isn't just about work. And that was something that I picked up from my like American conditioning. Um, And yeah, I mean, also I, I went to this other extreme with it. I feel where like, I took a lot of time off of forecasting and a lot of time off of work just to experience myself, like living and playing. And I had so much healing spiritually and at a heart level. And now I'm kind of coming back to this equilibrium or rebalancing of like, okay, it's time to like deepen into my work and my craft and like come back to astrology at a deeper level after taking so much time away, which was not just because of travel. I also had dental surgery and that was intense. Um, you know, just Saturn return things. (laughs) Um, let's see. I also am kind of mystified at times of how sometimes I just remember certain street corners or streets or bodegas or, oceans, beaches, like places that I traveled and they have this brightness in my memory like I was imprinted upon with like such an intense romance. Like I fell in love so many times with life, with these scenes, with people. And it was just enriching. Um, And I think it's interesting how if we think about the traveler, we think about that archetype it's challenging sometimes on the body and the spirit to travel like long travels can be wearying. Um, sometimes, you know, it's harder to get things done or to work. As I mentioned, um, there can be loneliness and also sometimes there's a idea that travelers are running away from something or they're always, you know, you can definitely have the shadow. Like I talked about the romance of like people really like the locals really rally to like show you a good time. And I remember meeting someone who would travel from place to place. And his pattern that he even like admitted to was like leaving as soon as his welcome was kind of like wearing off. Like he was writing the constant, like, oh, you're here. Like, I'm so excited and like party. And then as soon as like The annoyances, or the kind of like personality difficulties, or enough time had passed, it was like, well, time to leave and go to the next high. And, you know, similarly, like sometimes the traveler is kind of like, they're, you know, going far away to look for something, and ultimately they're finding a piece of themselves. It's just like when the hero's journey, like you go really far and you go on this quest and you find out that the thing you were searching for has been in your own heart the whole time. But you can't bypass necessarily the exploration. So I think sometimes we can judge the traveler archetype as like, what are they chasing? Or they're just addicted, or whatever, whatever. And on the other hand, the question of like, what does it do for the soul and the inner life to have an actual change of scenery, right? To start to see things differently, to have different perspectives, to Be removed from a local environment that enforces certain patternings, certain routine neural pathways, certain routine choices, certain routine community members, Um, and to be put out of that context entirely or to be put in situations that feel actually very foreign to you, not just a foreign country, but maybe foreign attitudes or foreign ways of being, and to find yourself in those new situations, there's something in that. And so I think where I leave now is that as I discovered my own natal chart and the, the meaning of these planets that are, you know, I have Mercury and Pisces, who's also far away from home, you know, Mercury's domicile in Virgo and Pisces being the opposite sign. And that in my first house and this first seventh house thing that what really motivates me to travel is not new places or new cultures first and foremost it's the people it's people specifically that i want to see or that i want to collaborate with and the willingness to go the physical distance for them the excitement for them to go the physical distance for me um and starting to think about that as not a misfortune not that there's something wrong with me or something wrong with my life of like you know being angsty when I was a kid that like, why do people love me on the internet, but not in person, you know, and that's changed. Thank God. I feel loved in my actual life, my actual, my in-person geographical life and from afar. But there's, um, you know, like Daniela Gill, for example, who I went to Greece because of her retreat and then I went to Peru because of her retreat. Um she introduced me even outside of those retreats. Daniela is an amazing connector and she's introduced me to amazing people. Um but she also brought me to Peru and Greece which were two places I didn't personally have the impetus to go to, but I fell madly in love with both of them like Greece um, I had a dream sometime recently where I was like in tears just about how much I love Greece. Like Greece has my soul. <laughs> like I love, like I got deeper into like, it's like, this is an astrological homeland and the food, the way my body felt like the, the weather, the beaches like, Oh, I just loved it. You know? And like Peru, the like getting to do, watch and the native um its native environment and connecting with like all of these medicine people oh i gotta plug in the computer yeah connecting with these amazing like medicine people in peru like wow, you know, like, I just fell in love. And I think that um, I noticed that something in me came to life by having these new experiences. And I don't judge myself. It's not like I have this story of like, oh, I, I have to, like, go to these places to feel alive. Like, that would be an extreme perspective. I think that I've, you know, learned how to, like, feel, like, cultivate romanticism wherever I am. But there was a real boost or like a real opening, a real shift, a real like expansion, another ninth house, another Jupiter topic that really came from these like physical journeys, as well as trials and um, different initiations that came from it too. And so I have this new deep love of the travel experience and also of like Uh, My vision right now is to move to New York City soon. And I love New York City. Um, I love the people here. And it's also a good base for traveling. And I think about this experience of being in this kind of like wormhole consciousness where you get on a plane and suddenly you're just in this whole different realm. There's something about that that just like turns my soul on um and we talk about say remediating planets like Jupiter and Virgo or Mercury and Pisces they could be planets that might require remediation but i think literally traveling was kind of it there's people that i met people i connected with far away from home where the experiences or the conversations i had with them changed and awakened me at such a level that it's just beyond like absolutely beyond you know to feel such profound connection or feel the party jupiter to me like this image of the party um to feel the sparkling moment of divinity and connection far away from home is a very literal manifestation of my natal chart and I didn't even know. I just kind of found my way into it. So I know everyone has their own relationship to travel, and I don't think that travel is like a end-all, be-all answer for everyone. Um, I just didn't know how much I would fall in love with it. Um, It was interesting, too. Like, when I was thinking about this episode, I also thought about my dad and, like... Um, You have probably heard me talk about him on in my novel, Hungry Ghosts of Paradise. So some of you know um, about that, but he loved traveling and he didn't. um, He was also a really hard worker and um, he had like a different mode of being like he was um, kind of had more uptight qualities with his work. Um, Not only that, but like he would get tense, you know, with work. But then when we were traveling or on vacation, he was just like so relaxed and so present and so happy. And there was one time we went on a family vacation to Europe and we were in England and he and I got up early one morning just to walk around. And he really likes, you know, pastries and croissants. And he actually pronounces it with the French accent. He studied French and spoke a little bit of it. Um, I'm not going to (laughs) try, but there was this morning where Um, this was before I discovered, I can't really do butter, like cow dairy, but we had like a croissant with butter and jam on it. And I was totally like, you, you can put butter and jam together on a croissant. Like how weird, why would you mix butter and jelly? He was like, it's delicious. And so I tried it and I was amazed, like it was so rich and such an experience. And, um, I think about my dad and like how much he loved travel and how, in some ancestral way, like this travel experience I've had is maybe reminiscent of some of his youthful experiences of travel, because he backpacked Europe and stuff by himself. And but I think also it's a continuation of the dream that um, my dad was really supportive of my business, and um, my business has become something that has enabled me to travel and also created connections that motivate me to travel. Um, and so there's something that excites me about this idea of like, I've used this phrase, like global friendship, um, my Venus and Pisces heart, you know, it's like having beautiful peak experiences and making friends everywhere is just like a high dream. And I've really met that experience from traveling and getting to see friends that I know online or meet, meet friends of friends, or just, get connected to a local area for a period of time. It's just been such an immense celebration. It's given me life and I'm still trying to figure out how to integrate some of the unbelievable, synchronistic, lucky, magical things that happened and figuring out kind of how, how to be with this thread, because the last thing that happened in um, Peru My prayer in the medicine ceremonies I did was about joy, and it was delivered. (laughs) I had an experience of certain things being cleared or revealed to me in in a heart way. Um, And then I met a side of me that generates joy, a side of me that used to outsource it and try to hang out with people who were more of the life of the party than me. And I met a side of myself that invents joy. From nothing, which is what I was like. I hear as a kid, <laughs> my mom would say like, I could just be having fun in a dirt lot. And I lost that side of me, um, due to, you know, trauma and conditioning and whatnot, not even in an extra special way. It's just, it's just a thing, you know? And I got this like reconnection to it. And I don't, This is not even like an identity that I'm trying to like put on. It's something where it's like, I've been dreaming of parties. It's a motif that I've dreamt of my entire life. And now I'm sitting with, I'm a Jupiter ruled chart, (laughs) Pisces rising. I've been dreaming of parties my whole life. The thing that lights me up is just having a good time with people, having a good time with the earth, just having a good time. and that might not seem like a life purpose, but I think it is, you know, it's not the only thing, but there's something about being in good spirits and creating and spreading cheer and good spirits that I'm like, I could really get down with that. If I do it through the internet, if I do it through traveling, if I do it locally, it doesn't, you know, whatever way it wants to show up, creating and bringing the party is really what I want to do. And I think I'm just going to leave this transmission here and trust that it will continue unfolding and this thread will continue unraveling. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I love you all and I look forward to seeing you in some place in the world in some way Um, because it does happen and it's one of my favorite things. Bye for now.